Wrestlemania week here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm Andy Mitchell and I'm here doing the Wrestlemania special which is on our day two. Join me as a panel today is Ross McLeod. Give me what I want, Ross. You know what I want. Give me what I want. I mean, in fairness, that's why I was late to be picked up for the show. We were doing it on my terms. You're not in control. I'm in control. Welcome to the show, Ross. How are you? I'm fucking smashing. Uh, I was out last night, so I'm a wee bit rough. So if if I come across uninterested, it's not. It's just the fact that I'm very hungover. Uh, Next on the panel is David Hockney. David, I need to ask you, where are all the real men? They're all gone. You got two of them right here. Okay, and let me correct you in my intro. You should be introducing me as your reigning, defending, eat, sleep, suplex, retweet uh, world well, champion. Thank yeah, you very much. Nobody about that, so just uh, yourself. No, congratulations for winning that. Thank you very much. How are you, anyways? Yeah, not doing too bad. It's. Uh, I'm excited for WrestleMania this year. Uh, definitely a lot of matches to discuss, but uh, um, I'm just looking forward to to this particular, particular profile. Yeah, if you haven't already guessed by those intros, we are talking about Batista. So we're going to have a quick run through, sort of bigging up his match against Triple H at this year's WrestleMania. No holds barred. No holds barred, exactly. And yeah, we're just going to have a quick run through and like, just, you know, just talk about Batista. <laughs> talk about the animal. Just pals getting just, together. You know, talking about a big sweaty man. Exactly. It's lovely. <laughs> All right. So like we said, at this mania coming up. Who's he facing? He's facing Triple H. The gay. The gay. The gay man. Someone he's never defeated. So what's your one thoughts? Man. No, but... Sorry, some, are you talking about Triple H? Triple H, well, Triple H has never defeated that. Uh, I sorry, I, I was like, didn't Batista beat him at 21? I thought he was better than three times, didn't he? Aye. We'll count that as a botch, by the yeah, way. So, what's your quick thoughts on that, on the upcoming match? Do you think it's so, getting built well? or It's sort of a surprise. Uh, obviously, they planted the, the seeds at SmackDown 1000 with the whole, with the whole evolution thing. Yeah. And when Triple H got injured during the Brothers of Destruction feud we didn't really think he was going to be at Wrestlemania no and something that's a sort of welcome change nowadays there was no leaks about this online there was no talk for months that Batista's coming back Batista's coming back because yes. because like well none that I saw anyway like there was rumours that he wanted to come back He's for years he said he wants to fight Triple H but there was no no big dirt sheet reveal no melts or no Alvarez no spoiling for everyone so like when I went on Twitter the next day and it's just like Ric Flair's celebration ruined by surprise <laughs> guests and I clicked on it's like that's that's Drax the Destroyer <laughs> <laughs> not standing still anymore uh, what's your quick thought I know you brought up the, the uh, Evolution reunion we're going to talk about that later so what's your quick thoughts on this match and, you know, I'm looking forward to it actually yeah. because I remember the, the, the rivalry they had in 2005 they had like three matches and Batista won all of them so I think this is going to act as, as closure for, for both of them, definitely. And the fact that it's going to be no holds barred at WrestleMania, because they never had, well, they've only had one WrestleMania clash, but I think this has sort of just come full circle, and I think it's going to really sort of end the feud on both these guys' terms. Yeah. So I, I'm excited for it, and I think it should be really good. That's good. Like, I know we're like talking about the sort of WrestleMania match, but we're going to dial it back, and we're going to actually find out, you know, talk about who Batista was and how did he get from you know, starting in the WWE to this match now. So to begin with, like, he signs for WWE uh, in the year 2000, gets sent to OVW. Do you know how old he was when he, you know, he started his wrestling career? 
He must have been what thirty odd, maybe. Thirty. Thirty. Just I know, like the same age as me, so I don't feel as bad. <laughs> I don't have his physique, but I have his hairline. So <laughs> you're not going that. Uh, Andy Mitchell. That's uh, so, all. And then he was in. Do you remember the group he was in? There was the, the sort of famous four. He was in the OVW with uh, the disciples of uh, Sin Sink or something. No, no, no. no, no I, think, I don't know. He was talking about the class. <laughs> the oh, sort right. of class. The, he was the in with Cena. Oh, right. Lesnar. Shelton yeah. Benjamin was in that yeah. class as well. Do you remember his uh, wrestling name, John OVW? Leviathan. Yeah. Leviathan. Yeah. That's a belter of a name, by the way. You can find a match between him and Brock Lesnar back in the day. Uh-huh. It's not great, but it's kind of one of those dream matches that never happened, but kind of kind of did happen. Yeah, well, it did. I always like them. There's so many of them, like for like WCW's like versions of. St- the, what it's today's superstars yeah, totally. it's like Undertaker versus mean Mark Callis I mean Mark Callis versus Surfer Sting you're like <laughs> we never get Sting versus Undertaker but we get this dream match yeah uh, we get Leviathan versus Rookie Brock Lesnar but we never got the Beast Incarnate or Brock Lesnar versus the Animal yeah. Batista if you've never seen that definitely try and check out should be still available online but anyways two years he's in development for and then he debuts is a part of uh, he's helping out uh, Reverend Devon if yes. you remember Devon Dudley's yeah. Reverend gimmick is oh, uh, my brother <laughs> uh, Deacon Batista uh, Dave can, do you remember anything about Deacon Batista well this, this is sort of before I started watching on a regular basis but I do briefly remember this sort of came about because of the the original brand split yeah like Devon went to Smackdown for a bit and you know Batista was sort of his his heavy like Tyson Tomko was to Christian or Oh, I don't know if you remember Jackson Andrews was the Tyson kid. Like, <laughs> I'll give you credit if anybody can remember that off the top of their heads. But what about you? Do you remember the this big guy coming in helping out Devon Batista? Devon yeah. Batista getting him sort of merging <laughs> them together. So yeah, when Devon Batista, so I uh, when he debuted, this was sort of like so. This is showing my age a wee bit here, but um, you're younger than I am, and I'm the youngest here, but still, still an old bastard when you hear this story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had, if anyone remembers, on digital, which is before you could get like NTL and Sky in the flats. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. I've yeah. the story. No, I've seen adverts for that. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> they they cut all the good sh- channels, and Sky One used to show SmackDown. So I seen like briefly Batista, and then when I moved to a place where we could get Sky. Uh, it was Batista was now in evolution so we're like we're jumping so i never really seen like Deacon Batista yeah all I know is like he eventually just kind of went ah screw this and left we are going to quickly go on to evolution but I'll just finish up with Deacon Batista so essentially he was the sort of <coughs> he was collecting all the money from the crowd <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and it was just this weird character but even then, even though it was like a nothing character, you still paid attention to something about him. You were like, right, he was massive. massive. Yeah, he was a bit of a mute character where he didn't really sort of say yeah, much. He just sort of shouted. He was just his, and stuff. He was he just didn't his, drench his, microphones with his spit. Yeah, <laughs> I, it was just his sheer presence enough was enough to get him a bit of attention. And I'm pretty sure he faced Randy Orton a couple of times when Orton was still in his rookie phase. <sighs> I can't remember that because uh, like Orton was trying to challenge Devon and Batista. They would have been on SmackDown at the same time. I think uh-huh. in that early career. And Randy Orton couldn't be him with whoever partner he had at the time. Yeah, so essentially a few months go by and he shows up on Raw, uh, and essentially he's part of Evolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys remember about Evolution? Yeah, apparently, apparently he wasn't the original choice to be in Evolution. Apparently that role was supposed to go to Mark Jindrak. Yeah, I heard that about that as well. But uh, the sort of uh, there might have been Mark Jindrak because Batista got injured. 
Maybe, yeah. So, but I think they were like sort of Triple H and Rick Flair, like, no, we want this guy. And yeah, yeah. They even filmed like vignette vignettes with uh, with Mark Jindrak yeah. in that position as well. But I think looking back on it in hindsight, I'm not sure Mark Jindrak would have stood out as much as Batista did. Nah, because like he get his run with uh, like the Angle Alliance with Luther Reigns and Kurt Angle over on SmackDown, mm. and it just it didn't click. He was he was too like we talk about Batista starting late, and you know. Batista sort of took this time in evolution to like soak everything up, him and Randy Orton. You've seen how good they all are now. Uh, whereas Mark Jindrax at the time, he just, he, he wasn't picking things up. Mm. But apparently he's a big deal in Mexico now, so you know. Well, I said, funny enough, because Mark Jindrax got accepted into by the WCW, their training facility, I can't remember the name of it. The power plant. Power plant, but uh, Batista got rejected and got told he'd never make money in wrestling. Wow. How things have changed. Was fired by Eric Bischoff. Yeah, so it shows you so much what WCW knows. <laughs> so essentially, his role in Evolution was he was the enforcer. He was the the guy, the muscle, the muscle, the big sweaty man. Did anyone expect him to become as big as he did after? Obviously, we're going to touch on in the sort of his but, world title run. But did anyone realise when he was in Evolution? Ross? Well, originally they wanted it to be Orton as mm. the big face, but obviously. Batista, you've seen him obviously in interviews with his film career, which we might touch on later. He's just such a naturally nice guy that the he can play the scary bad guy, but he can also play the face, whereas Alton never could. Mm. So I don't think he was meant to. Maybe he might have got a run later on, but looking back and knowing the plans he originally had, I don't think he was meant to get as far as he did. But I think the fact that Alton being a more natural heel and uh, Triple H needing a new opponent for that Wrestlemania I think that's when they start to push him a wee bit yeah and see Batista I think he kind of falls under the same category as Mark Henry like as Mark Henry like outside the ring he's naturally a really really nice guy but he also like as Ross said he plays the role of a proper scary young mm. so I think it's the fact that he had that sort of dynamic approach he could basically play a, a hero or a villain like someone who's really likeable or somebody you really hate and I think you know with the the whole evolution angle sort of 2004-2005 leading to that year's Wrestlemania that's why the build up worked so well because you know there were planting seeds here and there he was acting like a face at times uh, but other times he's he sort of kept loyalty to evolution yeah. so it made definitely for an intriguing angle and it all had a massive payoff in the end so that worked perfectly for him it's good as well because it just happened so organically as yeah. well mm-hmm. and you know it's like giving WWE credit it's like Sometimes you can't do organically that well, yeah. or else they don't even notice it. But they noticed that the fans were behind Batista and thought, "Well, well, he's going to be our mm. guy." It wasn't forced. It wasn't overbooked. It was really simple, and the fans organically got behind him. I think that's why it worked so well. There was two things before Batista won the Royal Rumble that were done really well. It was the lead up to the Chamber, where it was like Triple H basically said to him, hey, "We're going to make sure I I get in last," and then Batista like wrecks Rhino in like three minutes, and he's like. How am I meant to get better in three minutes? Like, how am I meant to go? <laughs> and then, and he was facing Shelton Benjamin as well, who was the <laughs> who was Intercontinental Champion. I think Shelton time. Benjamin beat him. Was it three times before? I don't think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it never really went anywhere. But he, he was obviously going up against Bogey guy. But then, <laughs> in the Elimination Chamber itself, they started double teaming Randy Orton. They were the last three. And then Orton hits a low blow in an RKO out of nowhere. And you see in the background, Triple H gets up as if to break the pin up. Yes. And then goes back down. And Orton played his role really well in the lead up to the rumble with us. A really good chamber match, yeah. actually, because it was uh, the the championship was faking. Yeah, yeah. 
Vacant was screwed at the title again. <laughs> uh, I do remember that moment. Alton played the mixing role well quite there as well, which worked into his heel turn with The Undertaker, going, look at him, Dave. He doesn't care about you. He went back. He, he knew he couldn't beat you, but I could. Right, so far on from uh, Elimination Chamber or New Year's Resolution. Revolution. Uh, Revolution, yeah. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> One of them. Least, One yeah. of them. Revolution. Yeah, New Year's Revolution, we get to the Royal Rumble. Comes out, was it number 28? 28, yeah. Funnily enough, this uh, only guy to win the Rumble he twice in yeah. the same spot. He did as well. So, Stats, man. gets to the final two. Him and John Cena. Obviously, Batista's the favourite going in. You guys remember, I know this has been talked about, I think it's probably been talked about on the podcast yeah. so much, but we'll quickly go over it because it is a funny moment, but <laughs> would, bro- you, would you remember of that, the moment where it's Cena and Batista in the ring well, at the Rumble? Well, honestly, I just remember this moment because it broke the go on the best and worst Rumble winners show, but yeah, I honestly thought either of those guys were going to win the Rumble because at that time I was uh, still a purist in the art of kayfabe, so, and I wanted the face to win, i.e. John Cena. But and I know Batista was sort of going through like a semi face turn in the process, but I was still behind Cena at the time. He was one of my favourites back then. But I wasn't disappointed the way it turned out because he Batista ended up turning face anyway, and yeah. he got we got a great story of it. And it's not like Cena went to waste either. He got the WWE title match as well, so it was beneficial for both of them. Definitely. What's your thoughts on it, Ross? Yeah, a, a really good rumble. It's one of those rare cases where the last two, no one really minds who wins. Like. Like even this year, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins. Like if I had one of them, one it was just a case of someone take the belt from Brock. <laughs> Whereas um, I think Brock's a good champion. <laughs> nah, I don't mind who wants to, but um, when he shows up, this yeah. was this was two for the first time in ages, and the first time I can remember since it was two people that had never won the world title, had never had that big main event push yet. You know, Cena had goes like you know. He was in the triple threat, no one contender match, no way out the year before. He was, you know, he had a match with Lesnar 2003, but, you know, he never was really there. And it was just exciting because you knew someone knew is going to main event WrestleMania. Someone, be it Batista going against Triple H or be it Cena going against someone, someone knew is going to get a shot. Yeah. And obviously, there's obviously the infamous Sparks, they both fall out at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fence comes out, uh, knackers both his quads. Uh, very funny moment. Somewhere um, the goat will be laughing his head off listening to that. <laughs> and uh, essentially, uh, Batista wins, he throws John Cena out as it was supposed to be and wins. And then Triple H tries to plant a seed and to send him to SmackDown, which leads to a very great moment in Raw mm. history with the thumbs up, thumbs down, the, One of the, the most iconic. Sounding. Uh, we'll try Teddy Long, though. Teddy Long was elated. <laughs> he was loving it, like, yes, I'll get the animal. I'll get the animal. I, uh, how dare you use me like that, Dave? <laughs> yeah, we did offer two good matches. It was like, obviously, Triple H versus Batista, or a triple threat match between uh, Cena, Bradshaw, and uh, Batista. I was kind of like, no, I could I could go with that. I don't mm-hmm. mind them going to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually did as well. Yeah, did So, essentially, thumbs down, thumbs on. Triple H and Ric Flair leaves Evolution, crowds behind him, he's going to WrestleMania as a face, where he, spoiler alert, he defeats uh, Triple H for the first time. Uh, I just wanted to quickly talk about... I don't think you'd spoiler alert, it's 2005, <laughs> that <laughs> was ruined for you, it's your own fault. <laughs> You're 14 <laughs> years out of date. <laughs> yeah, time fly. Uh, I actually wanted to cut, touch on the crowd, do you know <laughs> what he was told, the, the reason why his character was so angry like when he was in Evolution? A child of rape. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. 
Batista was uh, it was meant to be a child of rape, and then they thought, no, no, we'll dial it back a bit. It'll be a child of incest, like. Yeah, because that's a lot less fucking horrifying. Yeah, he, he talks about it on Chris Jericho's podcast, and it's like, Jesus Christ. And Jericho's like, well, to be fair, they did do a necrophilia storyline at the same time. So, I didn't uh, know this at all. Yeah, so oh that, that was why I was always so angry, but oh. I think Ric Flair kind of was like, like, sort of managed to sort it out. My perception of him's changed now. This is going to, oh my no, God, no, that's going to stop me. At least relax now, you're like, I mean, I'm doing uh, sociology at college, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm on the side of him, like, Oh no, but economical factor, eh, economical, eh, sociological factors really played into that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, quickly moving on. What was your thoughts on the Minion match? Do you think it was a good match? It was a great match. Yeah, it was quite good. I don't know, I, I remember watching it, I just, I just felt like Triple H didn't get any offence. I think that was good though. I think that was, yeah, I think that's uh, kind of the point really. I think the reason he was sort of planting the seeds for Batista going SmackDown because I think Triple H actually feared going against Batista because he knew he wouldn't stand a chance yeah and all these little sort of segments they had behind the, the scenes as well like you know with the, the limo spot and everything and you know having secret conversations behind his back with Ric Flair it was like sometimes Dave's not smart enough to know what's good for him yes, I uh, remember that reveal Dad, I feel like they shouldn't have done that where it's like you see him on the outside and he's against the the door listening in and I feel yeah. like it ruins the moment where he does the turn where maybe yeah or, Sorry, just to suspend kayfabe there. Not always makes me laugh, these secret conversations. Like, why don't you just watch Raw back? Or, like, surely someone watching Raw would tell you. But, yeah, see the thumbs down moment as well. It just, I like that moment so much because I remember that was, I think back to when Triple H did it to Randy Orton. Yes. And, you know, that's sort of what it reminded me of. So it was kind of, and it was against... Triple H had it done to him as well. It's not like WWE remembering things that happened like a few months ago. No, it was just straight up karma for him. It was brilliant. <laughs> anyway, so we'll quickly touch upon uh, is the match at Backlash and then the match at Vengeance. See, so, uh, see the Backlash and the Vengeance, you talked about not getting offense in. The Backlash one, it was a bit more... Well, I mean, just in the Mania match, uh, he didn't really... Yeah, the Backlash one, it was a bit more... Like, he came prepared, he didn't underestimate Dave. And then when he still couldn't beat him, I think that's really good storytelling. Like, it, I've never lost a single cell in a cell. That's why we're going into my arena. It made him, I, I feel like it made him more of a legit main eventer. Definitely, the, yeah. The fact that you bring Hell in a Cell in for any storyline policy, it made sense mm-hmm. in terms of the storyline. It was good how it was built up because Triple H went away. Yeah. And I think people thought, oh, maybe he's getting drafted to SmackDown. That's why he's because there was a draft coming up and Backlash was a bit of a screwy finish as well like the ref got knocked out after a pedigree and yeah I remember at the end of the match when Batista got the win uh, he actually pedigreed the ref at the end of the match <laughs> I'm thinking that's a rage quit if I've ever seen one yeah so they done the Gold Rush tournament which uh, it was Edge at one yep. but, uh, there was a bit of sort of pariness going between Flair and Batista and you thought oh maybe this is leading somewhere and then obviously mm-hmm. Triple H comes back with a sledgehammer I think I'm remembering this correctly. Just come back with it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Rick Flair low blows Batista, and then that's when anything he just says, "Hell in a cell." Yeah, that's you it. Fight me now, hell in a cell. And yeah, do you think this legitimised him as a yeah, as main I, event? It legitimised him as a main event star. It legitimised. It, it got Triple H some slack because this was his like run of doom as well. We refer to as you know his, his reign of terror over Raw. It took him off TV, which was really needed at the time because mm. it was getting the feud with Batista was great, but it was getting stale. But also, uh, it was a good. The Hell in a Cell was a great end to the feud with Triple H and Batista. It was a great end to Batista on Raw because they, he then went to SmackDown as last yep. draft pick. Yeah, that was the only thing he could have done with them now. And also, it was good for John Cena because he was on Vengeance in the mid card. This is you know back in the day where we didn't have two title matches on B shows. 
he he obviously is now the main champ. He's had his mid card feud with Jericho and Christian, and then went into a main event feud uh, with Chris Jericho, and it kind of yeah. it moved John Cena up the card. It gave Batista fresh opponents, and it tied up it up in a nice wee bow. I feel like yeah, with terms of the sort of the draft, I think obviously Batista benefited mm-hmm. more. Do you remember when Batista got drafted to SmackDown? Yeah, it was. I remember I was on holiday when I watched it, and I literally jumped out of my seat when I saw that happening. Because again, <coughs> King of Kayfabe, I didn't know what to expect, and when I saw him get drafted over, I was I popped like crazy. I just imagine a young Dave Huntley doing like uh, Tom Cruise, just the way you said about the jumping. I just about did it. I just, I just did about just about did the whole Tom Cruise on Oprah's couch kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, it's funny enough, I was actually in Barcelona at the time as well. I was uh, I was on holiday, and I came back, and it was the. You're talking about to get drafted. They said they were going to have the SmackDown title, and something that's annoyed me to this day. What was in that bag, Terry Longhead? Yeah, we never knew what the SmackDown title because like. he had a belt, and then decided, oh, by the way, Batista's coming over. But a lot of people complained at the time that the, the two champs were raw. It's very, very smart because they kept the story like it went over five weeks or yeah. four weeks, sorry, because uh, the last week they get two picks each. But it went over four weeks, and it coincided with a pay per view. So how do you get pay-per-view buys up? You put one title on a Hell in a Cell and then you go, oh, by the way, see the new hot upcoming star, John Cena? We're going to put him in a title match with two of our best, Chris Jericho and Christian, on the same show. Yeah. So it went quite well, but I I, was, I loved it. I liked, uh, I, you know, Quacko's going to slate my impression and Alan's going to hate me because he hates Teddy Long, but it's the, show your love for the animal! <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody, I, I definitely didn't see it coming mm. with my, my young mind. I think, it, I don't know, Maybe hindsight, you can see it, but I have no idea. We're going to quickly like run through SmackDown stuff. We're going to try because we've got like we've not got like the time to really cover. Oh, like, yeah, oh, he's just had a great career. So we're still in two thousand and five. We've got to get to two thousand and nineteen. So we're going to fire fifteen uh, years in uh, maybe fifteen minutes. Uh, so essentially, what do you remember about your SmackDown run being champ? This is like between now and 2010. He basically was SmackDown's guy, but although he did get a lot of backstage heat before, you know, dubbing it as the B Show, but I, I thought that was just, you know, he was a raw guy at the time and it was just sort of talking trash between the two brands, so I didn't really think much of it, but apparently he did get a bit of heat for it. Yeah. But he was representing as SmackDown's champion and I don't think there was anybody else at the time who could have toppled him. No. And the fact that he had to vacate the title because of his injury, I think maybe when Mark Henry sort of had his resurgence, he could have been the one to, to beat him. But again, you know, the injury sort of took him out of it and that kind of deflated it a bit. Because he, he was the the world, the longest world heavyweight champion. That's uh, right, yeah. What were your thoughts on his SmackDown run? Uh, I thought SmackDown run was great. I liked, I didn't like it when he went back and forward to Raw because I don't think it really fitted Raw. Like, there was this weird thing in the mid-2000s in the Ruthless Aggression era and the PG era when... Someone like Edge, Jericho or Batista would be on SmackDown as a megastar and then to go to Raw and it was like Auckland Cena or guys, anybody else under them is not presented as, as much of a threat. I think it took away from him, so obviously SmackDown's guy. I think the only like blemish on his record was the fact that he got injured when obviously the Mark Henry feud was starting yeah. and then he goes to return and then Mark Henry splits his patella and he's out for six, seven months. So we never really got that feud with Mark Henry and I think that would have been a great blood feud because Mark Henry was in his like silverback, he actually called himself the silverback yeah. phase where he um, he took everyone out, he took the Undertaker out and Batista was full on prime the animal at the time so it would have been nice to see, nice to see that feud. Yeah, and essentially, 
Do you remember much of his feuds? Like, what would you think was like? We'll just quickly say, what would you think was his best SmackDown feuds? I liked his uh, before he went to Raw. If you'd have seen that WrestleMania twenty six, I liked his run from bragging rights to the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, he's a heel. He used to be the guy with like Rey Mysterio. Like, you can actually harken it back to like when him and Rey were tag champs. Yeah, and they took on Kane and Big Show. And he was equal to Kane and Big Show, whereas Ray was the smaller guy in the land of the Giants. He always took the pin. And then it was when, or such a fatal four weeks, every man from Sally went, I'm sick of you costing me titles and I'm sick of my best friend stabbing me in the back. And it worked well because there was evidence to back up the heel. But at the same time, you're like, you're being a dick. (laughs) You're being a... but Ray was supposed to be his friend. I know, that was so funny. He, he does play the, the heel really well, there's Batista. Yeah, what was your, uh, quickly, we'll, we'll, t- we'll quickly go on to the... Yeah. Jackie, what was your quick thoughts on these feuds and SmackDown? What was your Do you know what actually really David? caught my attention, though? His feud with Eddie Guerrero, just before, his, oh, yeah. just before his passing. Yeah, it was just after SummerSlam, I think, and they had a feud leading up to No Mercy. It was kind of like they became kind of besties, in a way. And I thought that was quite interesting because, you know, it's not like, oh, I hate you, I'm going to beat you for the title, and no, you're not, I'm the defending champion, I'm going to batter you. Yeah. It was it was quite an interesting dynamic, and it would have been great going ahead, maybe sort of building towards Survivor Series and afterwards. Uh, but obviously, you know, Eddie's passing, you know, it just, it didn't, it didn't come to be. And I think Batista was also working injured as well. So, and I think he was supposed to lose the World Heavyweight Championship to Eddie. Yeah, I heard the rumor because Stephanie Mann came out, didn't she? So, I think I'm more intrigued by the fact that we didn't get to see it play out because of events beyond everybody's control. Yeah, it's a shame. Like, uh, I think we've talked about Eddie Guerrero and stuff like that, and it is a shame that, you know, he's a talented worker and there'd have been a hell of a feud. Mm-hmm. But uh, talking about Batista, he's saying about his injuries, he's always injured. Ah, he was very injury prone, especially around WrestleMania time, because he missed, like, uh, he, missed, he missed Mania 22, he missed Mania 25. And I think his last Mania before coming back was he was going in as the defending champion at 26. Yeah, you know, pretty mad. He was as well, like, he wouldn't get niggling injuries, that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of performers that will get niggling injuries and then they'll be out for like three or four weeks, but then they'll come back. And it, he only ever gets severe injuries, and it would be like once every maybe two to two and a half years where he'd be on a roll like he, he had to vacate the WWE title as well as well as the World Heavyweight title eventually beats Randy Orton in that feud and then uh, I think it was his bicep or his tricep yeah. or mm-hmm. one of those big muscular things he's got up there <laughs> <laughs> probably just too muscle bound just breaking stuff but essentially like before he, he leaves in 2010 you know has a feud with John Cena he loses I quit uh, that's, that's something that I, I hate see when he's big like He's never been afraid to put people over. Yeah, he hasn't. No, he's been great at that. He's... And he his exits for the company have never been used well. Like, cause like it's not as if he put Cena like Cena beat him three pay per views in a row. But it's not as if Cena put him over by I you know I fu'd him off the stage and he was that injured he was that injured that I you know I ruled him out. Yeah, I, I ruled yeah. him out. No, it was a case of. He was well enough to come out the next day, and then well, then he quit in the ring. You say well enough when he's wrapped up in bandages, he's got bruises in his face, and he's and he's in a wheelchair as well. You feel quite sympathetic because Bret Hart comes out and says, uh, he's like, I, I want a match with John Cena. He goes, yeah, you can have a match as long as you beat Randy Orton. He goes, how can I beat Randy I'm in a wheelchair. I'm injured. <laughs> he's like, well, does that mean you forfeit? So I don't blame him for quitting. I know, walking the cripple. I know, <laughs> good old Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, leaves the company, 
quick thought, like, uh, quickly, do you know what he was doing between, would you remember him doing between 2010? He was doing MMA, wasn't it? He, he was, was training for ages to and do MMA. He, do you know how many fights he fought? A full one. A full one? And he won. A and 100% won. one record. And <laughs> in the first round, four minutes. And also, I don't know if you know, if you know this, obviously he'd done his acting stuff. We would go and start, but we're having a show dedicated to Stars and Media, so maybe yes. Batista might get yeah. brought on. That will be April 25th. Sarah so, is hosting a Wrestlers in the Mainstream Media show, so, so we'll yeah. look forward to that. But essentially, I don't know if you, you guys have caught wrestling, I'm just going to click it, say it here, but he did, in 2009, appear on an episode of Neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> did he actually? He did, yeah. You can find it on Daily Motion. it's so awkward, it's just... Uh, it's just one of the weirdest things. He's just there to have lunch and then this guy's like, it's Batista. Wait, was he an extra or was he... No, no, he's like... there. They actually get dressed wrestling and wow. Batista and this kid's trying to wrestle him and stuff like that. And he goes, how about I show you my new move? It's a handshake. And it's like, this is so cool. Oh, and then he, then he psychs him out and just picks up and spike busts him. <laughs> I think that's the thing deleted so he just like, uh, <laughs> Batista on this large drilling. I'm going to Google that when I get home. Yeah, again. Daily Motion, uh, Batista on Neighbours. Yeah, I think it was an, an episode of, it was either Supernatural or... Well, it was Smallville. Smallville. Yeah. I, I always get the, the two of them mixed up. Uh, Smallville, he was in that. Kane was in that as well. Uh, and he was in a couple of episodes of Chuck, but he never really did anything. No, but well, like I said, that, I think that'll get touched upon on uh, on the media episode. So, anyways, flash forwards. It's 2014. Everybody hates him. Nope, not yet. Boy <laughs> Rumble comes up. Well, everyone's excited to see him. Yeah, <laughs> if you actually watch him come out, he comes oh, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, he got the pop definitely. But yeah. I, I jumped ahead to the Royal Rumble there. And so. Everyone was like cheering him. This was this was skinny jeans, Batista. We came oh, out looking like Pitbull on steroids. Have <laughs> 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 you right? You know you said about. Uh, Daily motioning uh, his neighbours one. Yeah. YouTube has WrestleMania 30 press conference promo. He does, he slates the fans because he, he mentions everything the fans slate him for and then he answers everyone. And you see the fans, the fans actually get on side with him. Uh, that's because they're all shouting Daniel Bryan by the end of it. Mm. He slated the fans and they are cheating him. The media, the mainstream media are laughing. The company officials are laughing. Like he's got everyone in stitches. He's like, oh, boo, you and your skinny jeans. He's like, I own one pair of skinny jeans. The other <laughs> pair burst the first night I came back. <laughs> oh, they didn't, they didn't yeah, split. they split, yeah. But yeah, so essentially he comes out to Raw, supposed to be a baby face. He's obviously, he's saying himself, he doesn't feel like, you know, he should come as a baby face. Maybe he should come as a heel, that's how he left. But like, no, it's fine. And he comes out, he embraces the authority who are the heel yeah, group figure. Yeah. Right, not that, off to a good start. That was weird though. It was like, yeah. you know, speaking as the second favourite child of a household. Randy Orton's the authorities guy. He's just became the first ever, in that fucking era, the first ever undisputed, you know, WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Chris who? Chris Jericho? Uh, exactly. Who's Chris? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a Canadian fellow wrestler for New Japan. Who, who won it in 2001? Who's now in AEW? Uh, so he's, he's holding both belts. He's meant to be their guy, and then all of a sudden it's like, Batista comes back and it's like Stephanie and Triple H take a mini face turn Randy Orton's standing there like what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> what what did I do wrong? I do love it like because Batista just turned around and goes I've come for that and just points to one of the titles and I was like you should be it, saying, which one? you should be saying both man two fingers out and just say those yeah I've, I've came for those <laughs> well yeah so essentially we get to the Royal Rumble Dave which thoughts on oh that was a disaster yeah. that was a major major disaster I don't think that Royal Rumble was that bad a match well no it was a bad match the booking was horrific oh, like rim, sorry. again like you said you know he, he came out as a face on Raw and this was the week before the Rumble as well wasn't it so it wasn't like a, a massive 
build up crescendo to him going in the match but I think the reason everybody hates it was because it just wasn't Daniel Bryan yeah it was Daniel Bryan's moment he sort of even Rey Mysterio oh poor Rey Mysterio and that that was the case it wasn't like boo Rey Mysterio or boo Batista it was like boo Boo, not not Daniel Bryan yeah it's just it's just that thing that I say it's like with how organically they done Dave Batista in 2005 to see another organic thing happening and it's like the wise thing is to do is oh we'll put mm. Brian in and make Brian win and but no it's like Dave Batista he's on a Marvel film you know you know he's he's done some films oh we'll give him the title and it might give us more exposure in our that was that was the plan wasn't it it was going to bring him back have him win the Rumble main event mania and promote Guardians of the Galaxy in the process while, while having the WWE title because they the Rock did uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation, like the press carpet for that, that, uh, Pain and Gain, and his other film, uh, whatever. Uh, something was a. Tooth Fairy. No. Fast and Furious. <laughs> I, I, Fast and Furious 86. <laughs> this time it's personal. Uh, and he had, like, the WWE title on him. I think the only time Rock was not on, like, a film set or a, or a red carpet without the title was when studios actually told him, look, you're promoting our film, not WWE, don't have the belt with you. Yeah. And that was the plan for Batista to be, like, obviously it's Marvel Studios, so it's the, it's the biggest franchise in the world right now, I think, ever, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, but going back, I don't think they actually had a 100% faith in that film, when, because Guardians of the Galaxy was the, mm-hmm. the film, it was, oh my God, this might be hit or miss. So they were kind of thinking that maybe, because WWE has this weird thing of, someone goes outside and does well themselves, they kind of secretly want them to fail, so they come mm-hmm. crawling back to WWE. So apparently there's like rumours that they didn't think that Guardians would do well and didn't think he'd become as big as a star as he would be. Mm-hmm. Anyways, But uh, having seen Guardians and being a Marvel fan, I think he basically carries the whole movie yeah. as Drax the Destroyer. He's uh, fantastic. Well, we're not talking about media, yeah. <laughs> that's for another episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's for first-time films. <laughs> yeah, that's for, yeah, it's another, uh, that's David Campbell's... Uh, Hi, Goat. Anyways, we're talking about his wrestling profile. We'll try and, like, coming back. So, essentially, he wins the Rumble. Fans hate it. Bootista. Bootista. He's a horrible feud with um, Del Rio. He did? Oh, I yeah. that. He, so bad. I don't even yes. remember that. Like, I don't know if that was just another... If it was just a ploy to try and get fans back on his side as a face, because Alberto Del Rio was the most boring heel in the world, and, and yeah, just everyone wa- loved him when he was like fighting Batista. It was as if he was Daniel Bryan all of a sudden. Like, yeah, yes. Yeah. See, I remember him. The C C C. I remember just the match he had with Dolph Ziggler. That sticks out to me more than the the actual Del Rio feud. I totally forgot that actually happened. Yeah, that was the start. <laughs> that he's like, well, you know what? That that was like obviously for those that haven't seen it but are watching wrestling just now it was sort of like um, Charlotte's like screw boo the woo screw you sort of promo that was the sort of I'm going to take out all your heroes all your indie darlings I'm a mega star I'm a movie star I'm going to Wrestlemania there's nothing you can do about it like that was his deal with it time Mm. and it it felt obviously he says he doesn't feel comfortable as a face it felt so unorganic the WWE's motto at the minute is if you're not booing who we like it'll be like Oh, these fans, they'll boo who they cheer. They'll cheer who they boo. Yeah. Oh, they, uh, you buy a ticket. You can do what you want. And Batista was cutting that promo week after week in the lead up to the Del Rio feud. And yet there was multiple leaked fan accounts of him sticking the finger up at them after the Royal Rumble and yelling, deal with it. I'm the megastar. Like, not in kayfabe, in real life. Yeah. So, mm. like, he's always been outspoken. Don't give him that gimmick of... You can do what you want. Yeah. Apparently, uh, after the rumble as well, when off air he was on the stage and he did the sort of yes chant yeah, with his middle fingers in the air. 
Like that was that was like a giant F U to the fans. Well, let's say he didn't want to come back as face, he wanted to come back as a heel, but obviously WWE was had another thoughts and essentially ruined that WrestleMania match. So, well, not necessarily because well, I mean, like in terms of ruined his moment, yeah. Batista's moment. So everybody would just wanted Brian to win. Yeah, we'll get we'll just rush kind of through that. So essentially, he doesn't get his moment. Brian gets entered into the match. It's a triple threat. It's Orton, Batista, and Brian. Brian wins. Who takes the fall? Batista. Batista or the tap out, but yeah. That's, what, that's what I was referencing earlier. Like, yeah. you're never afraid to put someone on. No, and he did. It was good. It was a good moment. Uh, well, yeah, I remember watched. Like I've said this before on previous shows, like, like a few weeks ago. That this was sort of like our first sort of major gathering. We had it at my place. We watched Mania 30. Literally everybody jumped out their seats when Batista tapped out. It was yeah. such a great moment. It was. I'm going to be honest. I had to watch it back because I was. I was very pissed at that point and <laughs> I was also pissed off that the streak had ended and at this point it was my friend Chris and Scott who wasn't drinking at the time because it was underage <laughs> uh, and we don't promote that here on the SSR they are sitting watching it loving it me and my pal Brian are absolutely KO'd on a couch <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was, it was a great it was a great match it was a great finish and essentially what happens next after that the Shield sort of gets involved that was a great feud that oh yeah Love and, Shield versus yeah, Evolution. And, yeah, Evolution reforms. Uh, so let's say we're kind of run out of time here. So going to quickly, we're going to try try and quickly get to his mania match now. So what happens essentially is they face Evolution twice in two pay per views. Who is it? That takes the fall both times. Roman Reigns. Well, the second one was an elimination. Match. No, I mean who who takes the fall? It's uh, Batista. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I don't mean who gets it right. Yeah. So I don't know when. Uh, I say Roman Reigns. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go, too for me. Sorry, uh, guys. Right. Um, yeah, he, he takes the fall, obviously, for the, the first six man tag, and then as Dave said. If the second one was an elimination one. Yeah, yeah, so all three of them took the fall, but he was the first one to go. Yeah, yeah. And then we talked earlier about his lackluster quitting. It was the I quit, and then he just did the mad Queen's Wave. Queen's yeah. Wave. And then yeah. left. Yeah, because he was building up, he's just like, I came back because uh, I got told I'd be champion. Mm. And uh, Batista's like, well, obviously, we've got, well, first of all, Daniel Bryan's injured, and we've got bigger things to deal with. And yeah, because he, he shouts at him, doesn't he? Because like, as much as we say he's not afraid to put anyone over, there was one weird one where it was like him and Orton, like, for the tag titles against the Usos, and they just didn't care. They just beat the shit out of the Usos and then left. Yeah, that was the night after Mania as well. But you know what the best thing about the Shield versus the Evolution? The only good thing, well, actually, probably the best thing about that feud was we got Blue T Star. We did get Blue T Star. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Basically, come and look. You're saying come in. Blue T Star. He comes, out, <laughs> <laughs> he comes out dressed like a Smurf. Uh, it was a hell of an outfit. Bless him. He's a very uh, colourful man. Uh, so essentially, if I was, if I was, was that Joker? Well, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he leaves. He quits. Pretty much lays the foundations to the match that's coming up at Mania because mm-hmm. right? they obviously are having a bit of farewell back and forth. Yeah, but, the the it's on my terms that that promo because that's the reason he quit. He, obviously, you said I came back for that. Huh? Orton is upset. He's not getting his one on one rematch yet. Uh, Batista is like no I won the Royal Rumble and was guaranteed a one on one match for the title yeah. I've had one match it's a triple threat because Triple H has gone into a spiel where it's like you know we, we lost to the Shield again but but here's how we're going to get them this time this, he goes no what, 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 and obviously the on my terms thing we're done playing it by your rules I want my match or I quit yeah. you're not getting your match ok I quit and he leaves yeah and essentially he says you'll be coming back because your film career 
won't go anywhere. Mm. And Avengers yeah, Infinity and War, this biggest is, grossing film ever. Yeah, this is 2014. He, we'll just quickly run through, let's say, because it's a media promoted this media thing so much. Like, yeah, because yeah. he has he had such a big influence <laughs> as a movie star. You know, yeah, it was good. He's in Marvel. He was in a Bond movie. He was in Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, Blade Runner, Bond he, movie, Avengers, Marvel, DC, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, Marvel. So much. He's not yet mixed up. He's had a lot. <laughs> he's had a lot of high profile roles. No, Movies, he, yeah. he, gets, he is a good, he is hey, good in them roles. We talk about him quitting when he doesn't get what he wants. Uh, he wanted James Gunn back. Yeah, he did <laughs> that as well. He threatened to quit and go to DC, so <laughs> technically that's not much. Uh, <laughs> but no, he did. He, he done well. He, he went. He left for four years. Kind of, you know, you know, made his made his money. You know, became a bigger star than anyone thought he would have. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't remember. Like, obviously, we'll talk. Do, about do you know how much he's worth now? No. 13 million. Mad. Jesus. It's not mad, it's not like the rock money, but it's still no, pretty... Well, for, someone, for someone who, was, we, we touched on earlier, he, he was in Nables, and that was only the peak of his <laughs> film career from 2010 to 2014. And then he's went out, he's in the Marvel series, he's in the Bond series, he's in the Blade Runner series. He's acted with some of the biggest names in the world. Yeah. He's and, booked with the best, with some of the best directors in the world. Yeah, and they all love working with him. He's apparently a, a well-liked guy in Hollywood, so... Yeah. I'd love to see him in the role I film Lilo. I'm lucky who's, who's, the, who's the bigger star <laughs> Rock's the bigger star but I think Batista's in better movies but he's not the main character if you get me no. yeah well, he, still, he still has a show Aye. right anyway so finish with the media stuff we'll <laughs> come back to the Smackdown 1000 Evolution is a mystery I was going to say oh, Dave will tell me what happened but you're doing your best uh, Lemmy Lemmy yeah. <laughs> I'm just Lemmy I do apologise yeah. yeah so but yeah, talk us through that Smackdown 1000 yeah seeing Evolution you know back together you know it's, it was really good but obviously given you know the, the way things ended like last time he was in the ring with Triple H and Orton it, it did feel a little bit weird but I liked how they planted the seeds for um, Batista versus Triple H down the line it's like the one thing you haven't done is beat me. I bet I was almost worried it wasn't going to happen, obviously, because Triple H got injured at Crown Jewel, but he seems to be okay now. So yeah. I'm glad this match is finally happening. Yeah, it's, it's that old like, moment, because like if you're in a group of pals, and obviously you <laughs> you know your pals' limits, but if like maybe you see a joke and maybe there's like, a lull, yeah, and or somebody doesn't hear it so they don't react the way you think, and it's just like, what? And it's just that tension... Mm-hmm. And that it was done so well because people always like bring up the ego that Triple H has got. Yeah. And it was a pure pally moment. And it's like, yes, but you've not beat me. It's like, oh. <laughs> so they did that thing where they put it off as a laugh. And then I think it's like Batista quickly turns around and you see like Triple H's face. He's, he's like, like proper pissed off. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back and he just all smiles. Imagine if he just turned around and he's like, ah, just the, the only thing that annoys me about that segment is, I'm just going to quickly say it, but it's, it's like Evolution on SmackDown. They were never a SmackDown faction. That's right, yeah. It was, it was weird. Like, that was the only thing that annoyed me. It's, it's just because like, it was in Washington DC, which is Batista's hometown. Yeah. Maybe that's why they had to like, bring we, him can, in. we can get tracks for the Marvel series. <laughs> if you stand really still, you might not be able to see him. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so this brings us back full circle where we started the podcast. We're talking about the match. Give me what I want. What do you want? Give me what I want. What I really, really want. <laughs> Take a thing, ah. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. telling us he's a Spice Girl fan. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you uh, should see. There's actually a video of somebody's dubbed that. Anyway, we're not talking about it. We've got, we've, got, we've, got, we've got to try and wrap this up now. So, essentially, he attacks Ric Flair on his 70th birthday. No, I don't think anyone saw it coming. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's, that, that's what I was talking about at the start. There was no big rumours. Like, even even when the seeds were planted, there was no... All the dirt sheets were claiming, like, there is no... 
there's no plans for Batista to be at WrestleMania, you know, he's filming this, this, this and this. But that obviously came out of nowhere and it's like, you just see this guy dragging a cameraman. But my question is, who took the other shot? Who took the long shot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that well, was... Well, the cameras already yeah, backstage anyway, maybe they're just, they're just there to pick up anything, but... I think I would call this arguably one of the best finishes to Raw they've had in years because yeah, well, it, it felt like a proper cliffhanger moment like you get with any soap opera and if you've got a cliffhanger moment that's what gets you tuning in to next week yeah you know the, the fact that just it, nobody knew it was happening mm-hmm. and then it just was like Batista's back what that, nobody knew that what he's attacking Ric Flair what's this mean yeah his career is a nose ring is this symbolic yeah, is this <laughs> symbolic uh, I know it's like uh Triple H was saying about how you beat up a defenseless old man. I'm pretty sure Ric Flair enjoyed that beating. Yeah, yeah. maybe his career. Pretty sure he bladed and was totally. That, that, that was the joke. Somebody said, "Or <laughs> <laughs> wasn't an actual fight? The rookies you held was Batista slapping the blade out of Ric Flair." Like, no, no, it's what people want. Stop yeah. it. Give me what I want. Uh, Give me what I want. That's probably where I got it from, from Ric Flair. Uh, <laughs> so essentially, now the match is happening. They do the "Give me what I want." What do you want? I want you. And they'll have to replace the mic, the, some of the microphones as well because they're all covered in his spit. Yeah, to be fair, he knows how to cut a problem. I did like the fact that he, he went, I've always, he went, I've said for years, I want my retirement match at WrestleMania with you. He went, but it's also going to be your retirement match because I'm going to end your career. Yeah. And it's like, it's so personal. I did like it, this week's one as well where he slates Michael Cole just for no reason. Just Michael Cole's just asking him questions and he's just being a total dick to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, got, he's got that rock thing now where he's like, he doesn't need WWE, WWE needs him, so he yeah. probably say he wants, but he probably will. Like, I, well, how do you think this match is going to go through? I reckon he, he, he won't sort of do that thing with The Rock does where The Rock's kind of like, I'm back and I'm the best and nobody can beat me. And like, you know, like I think it will still be this sort of the wrestling mindset where he'll probably maybe put, maybe he might put Triple H over. I don't see Triple H winning. I don't know no. what it is. No, I disagree. I think Triple H is going to get it. He says his last match. I don't see it being his last match. I can actually see them doing two WrestleMania's in a row. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think this would be the final match? But I, I can see. I, I can actually see them doing three matches together. I think they'll do a WrestleMania one. I think they'll maybe do a big, like, we, we call them fake pay per views when we do our previews of them. Oh, wait. I, maybe not, I don't think they'll do Saudi Arabia in May, but maybe when they go if they go back to Australia or if they go to somewhere else for a big like, showdown pay-per-view to like, bring people in like the John Cena Undertaker usually do or and then the third one at WrestleMania I think they'll do a trilogy yeah I'm not so sure I think it'll just be a one and done just to get Triple H to finally get his win over Batista you've got to remember as well the both are both in the 50s now well, well Batista's 50 I think Triple H's like 49 or something yeah like, there's only six months difference aye so essentially, they're both, they're, you know, and we've already talked about injuries. Uh huh. You know, and obviously, uh, I think Triple H can still go at his age, though. By the way, he like, can, but still, age is still is still. I, I do like there's no disqualification, no holds barred. But yeah, I, that kind of protects them both a bit. They don't have to do anything yeah. majorly technical. But I'm hoping it's last 15 minutes of Triple H Seth Rollins, and not first 15 minutes of Triple H Seth Rollins, <laughs> where it's like working the body parts. Like you've got the ability to use a chair. Hit someone with yeah, it! Yeah, it's unsanctioned. I was going to say, hopefully they don't do the Randy Orton and uh, Triple H thing where it's kind of like this big build and then they start with a collarbone tie-up. Yeah, just go like Luthez and just go 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 ham on it, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the match, I think it'll be the match, but yeah, so final thoughts, which thing's going to go over? I, I think Batista's doing it. I'm going with Triple H. Oh. Batista this year, and then I'm calling it WrestleMania 36. Batista Triple H again. No, it'll be one and done, and I think Triple H is going to get his win. Next year, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is out. And this year, the new Avengers is out. Mm. He's also filming for uh, the new June. 
No, the granddaddy of them all, they're both are old enough to be granddads, so... Batista you know. <laughs> is a granddad, actually. Is he? Yeah, he, 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 had, uh, he, he, like, obviously started later because he got into trouble a lot when in his mid-20s and yeah. But he had, a, he had a child relatively young. I, I kind of forgot about that. He's, I don't know, he, he, he looks good for his age. He, Just, he looks phenomenal. He looks better yeah, than me. Yeah, he actually looks better than me, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think's going to go over? Uh, I think, I don't, I don't know, I feel like Triple H because it's that sort of the whole sort of I've, I've never beat him mm. but I don't know I, it's quite hard to tell but I, essentially we've, we've just really went over uh, on the thing so I'm going to have to draw it to a close now before we finish just yeah. one wee thing I'd like to see yeah Charlotte Flair doing a promo and Batista as he's walking to Gorilla to go out for the match just walks by Charlotte and goes how's your dad <laughs> <laughs> and that'd be great that'd be just, just that's all he needs to say she doesn't respond he walks away and it's the camera zooms in as you see Charlotte's reaction. I, 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 they are the best ones. Simple to the point. Yeah, we'll get them over as hell. Definitely. But essentially that was uh, that was a quick profile of Batista. We hope we've given you what you want. <laughs> this has been a part of Eat Sleep Surplex Retweet special WrestleMania week. Uh, tomorrow you're going to hear it's going to be taken over by Derek and it will be a Kofi Kingston profile. Please tune into that. As you heard, we mentioned like upcoming episodes. There's a media one coming up. There's an all moments one coming up. If you're interested in them, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you like this episode, give it a rating and check out all the other back catalog. I'm Andy Mitchell. This has been Eat Sleep Suflex Retweet and Batista's profile. Give me what you want. Give me what you want. Have a good one. Bye. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now